Welcome to Work Actually. It is the podcast that delves into the reality behind different jobs and different careers, giving you that real truth behind what a job is actually like, the highs and the lows. Now, this episode is for budding screenwriters. And so who better than the amazingly experienced Paul Alexander, who has written across the board for UK sitcoms, comedy and film. Now, this chat is absolutely loaded with advice, so get a pen and paper handy if you are looking to move forward in this career, because Paul goes into such good detail. Now, I won't spoil it, but three of the key takeaways that I took from this chat as being absolutely fundamental start with being patient. Now, this isn't a quick career that you can conquer overnight. You have to put the work in. You have to want to do it. And so understanding that that does take time and patience. Secondly, staying keen. Be passionate about this. It's about the process. Yeah, getting that big film deal or or TV deal is the desired outcome, but you've got to enjoy the the writing. And and that leads me on to the third one is just keep writing. That's Paul's advice. Write every day, especially at the start of your career. Get into that habit and don't be disheartened. So I really hope you enjoy it as much as I did and do let me know what you think. Paul, welcome to the Work Actually podcast today. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining on a Sunday, actually. Uh, not many people would do that, so... Oh, uh, I wasn't doing anything else, and um, it's, uh, it's just nice to, to get my brain working on a Sunday. It doesn't normally do much work on a Sunday, so that, this, will, this will be a change. It is, yeah, it is quite nice, actually, because we're going to have a really nice chat, and we're going to be delving into the world of screenwriting, um, also writing in general because you've done lots of other things but I think uh, we will do a lot of the focus today on screenwriting in particular and how you got into it and the different types of shows you've worked on and the different processes yep. if that sounds good sounds good to me excellent well let's go right to the start firstly what is a screenwriter presumably it's someone that writes a script for film and tv yeah it's someone that it, it's some it's, it's basically someone that writes sort of dialogue for and 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 stories and scenes for for the screen yeah i mean it's um they they uh, they were originally i think that when back in the days of silent movies they were originally called scenarists they wrote the scenario mm. so even silent films were written people people think that they just rocked up and uh, did some stuff in front of the camera with silent films but they were written they were written down and um and quite dense quite dense um sort of pages and but everything everything that happened was written down and then and then i think someone else can i often then you know silent films all, always have these little bit captions that come up where the where the, uh, yeah. where the with the woman in distress going please please let him go and all that kind of thing well often they were <laughs> they weren't even written by the original writers they were written by a special person that was brought in to, to, to write the ah. captions and, yeah but um but yeah yeah the, but but the way the way it evolved was uh, was that uh, yeah that the, the, obviously you need someone to think up the story and the characters and um, they became they became the screenwriters and um when it started, it was a lot. It used to be di- di- directors used to write a lot of the lot of the, the their own stuff, and then it, and then it kind of diverged, and so it became a separate thing. You still get writer directors like Greta Gerwig for, with Barbie and stuff mm. like that, but uh, but but it became a separate discipline of, the, of screenwriting, and um, and there's lots of different types of it, and 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 now it's spun off into a version of it now that I've never done is writing for video games, it's, um, which is a which is a completely different thing. Yeah, yeah. If you're if you're interested in coming into it as a, as a as a job there's there's lots and lots of different ways that you can practice your craft in different sort of mediums so it's a it's quite an interesting it's quite an interesting sort of area yeah and, and we'll get into all the different bits of it but I think what 
I mean, we'll also go into sort of, I want to talk a little bit about uh, the emergence of like generative AI and that impact on mm. something like screenwriting now. But I guess it all does boil down to really good storytelling ultimately, isn't it? Yeah, it's, I mean, it's, it's, you've got to have a good story to tell. I mean, you, so you've got to be comfortable with story. You've got, I mean, but I mean, in, in a way we're all, experts on story because even by the time we're like 10 15 years old we've seen thousands and thousands of stories we've been read fairy stories when we were kids and we've seen uh, millions of animated tv shows and we've and we've and we've watched movies and we've watched our favorite tv shows and we've watched soaps and stuff and so we are we are all we we, we soak in by osmosis story all the time and so and so it's being able to access that within yourself and 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 being able to and being able to sort of think well i can do that i'm i've i've got a story that i can tell and often, uh, especially recently, because because recently it's, it's opened up brilliantly, and when they've been forced to, you know, with they've been forced to kind of open up to diverse, more diverse voices, and so you're 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 seeing stories, or I'm seeing stories as a as a sort of um, stale male and pale white man. I'm seeing stories that are, that, that are great because they're they're outside my my range of experience, and mm. uh, and and, mm. and I love stuff like that. I mean, I love stuff like there's a series on. Um, Disney Plus called Reservation Dogs, which is about kind of which is kind mm. of a Native American written by Native America and about Native American kids on a on a, on, a, on a reservation and their and their kind of struggle and um, and 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 it's hilariously funny as well. And and what's happening is is now that these writers are being let into the you know being allowed past the, the gates that the that the middle aged white men have been guarding for so long, <laughs> and they're coming in. And they're telling that stories that they've never seen before because because they've they've only seen one type of story and so and so that's what I would say if you're a young writer is is, is what is the kind of story you've always wanted to see, but you haven't seen, and and you could be the, mm. the one that writes that you could be you could be the person to bring that to the screen and that's and by doing that you will be bringing something into the marketplace that that, that they've never seen before which will make you stand out as a writer so it's a it's a good it works it works for both sides of, of the equation it works for the buyers and it works for you as a as a seller of stories yeah god there's so much of what you just said I'm, my head is a bit busy now of a million other questions that I want to I'm ask you about that it's <laughs> it's fascinating no I I love it because it's it, you've touched upon some really important points there and I think I want to go back to the beginning on how you get into this and and obviously you were a natural sort of inquisitive person in wanting to bring stories to life um but I think yeah some of the things you just talked on on we live in a world now where we're lucky in that not only are you know is this industry being forced to you know be far more representative but there's so many channels now and platforms where mm, yes. content and stories can live that's i mean that's a great thing i mean it, it's it's actually slightly contracting now because again because it because it went it went absolutely bonkers there was they had what they call peak tv which is where there were like mm. sort of 500 shows being produced a year and just, just in america alone and and it's and then and, and and then wall street came in and said you're spending too much money and so all these certainly the streamers now are all like they're all like contracting a bit but even so there are there there's so much airtime to fill that that um mm. and that's one of the reasons why why they, they're having to look outside the normal pool of, of or they had to look outside the normal pool of people that were providing stuff because because there just weren't enough people to fill fill all the hours of television like netflix were commissioning left you know all over the place in in, mm. in all their markets they were commissioning locally as well as they were commissioning heavily in america so it's it's still i think it's still a good if you if you want to tell stories it's still a, if you want to tell stories on screen it's still a good time mm. to wade in and i think 
in a lot of ways, the barriers to entry, certainly te- technically, technologically, the barriers to entry are a lot lower now because you can just do stuff on YouTube or you can do stuff on TikTok. And, mm. and if, it's, if it's good, if it's different, if, it's, if, if, if you have a voice, it can get noticed. There's, a, there's a, uh, an adult animated comedy at the moment on, on Amazon on Amazon Prime on you know Prime TV called Has Been Hotel and it's it's created by this um by this woman who um she she made the pilot um and it took her I think a couple of years but she made the pilot on YouTube for her YouTube channel and it got picked up by mm-hmm. Amazon and now it's a now it's a, a TV series and so it's um and so there all these things that when I started obviously you couldn't do that and 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 um, years ago, I, I did the month-long screenwriting course at the National Film and Television School. This was like in the early '90s, so it was a long time ago. But 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 the reason people would wanted to go to and still want to go, it's, it's a great school. But but one of the one of the things that they could offer was we have all this amazing equipment here where you can make movies. Whereas now you can on a, on an on an iPhone, you've got yeah, yeah, you've got a more technologically sorry technologically advanced camera than they had at the National yeah. Film and Television School in 1994. So I mean. It's, <laughs> So, and that's one of the things that I always tell younger writers is if you can, if you've got some friends that want to act and you've got, you know, you've got a group of people that want to make a, make something, get out there and, um, and just make it like, if you've got a script, get your, take your best scene and, um, mm. and, and, and go and shoot it and then put it up on YouTube or, or, um, on TikTok because, because what I found over the years is what I've found is that people who are paid money to read scripts hate reading scripts <laughs> and they would much rather <laughs> click a link and watch uh, and watch a video and so and so that's a much more effective way of kind of getting in and getting people to to see what you're after so um, it's become i think a little bit more democratized in in that sense obviously you still need the money to go out and get an iphone and stuff like that so i mean it's um it's it's there is all this thing at the moment of of, of you know the, the arts becoming an increasingly middle class pursuit because of uh, you know the cutting of funding to to sort of um sort of less rich people that want to enter it and i think that's a that's mm. a that's a really real thing i i mean this is this is a silly personal anecdote but when i went to university we still got we we still got grants to get i mean it, it, it's unbelievable yeah. to today's young people but people would because uh, you know i come from a kind of working class background and, and and people will give you uh, some money to pay for yourself to go to university and um and so and, and i actually had a little bit left at the end of my first year at university so i went out and i bought an electric typewriter which was uh, kind of the precursor to the to the uh, to the word processor and so and the computer <laughs> the, the, the laptop and, and i taught myself because i knew i wanted to be a writer i taught myself to type on this electric uh, yeah. uh, and that's all gone now i mean there's 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 no fun i mean you, you you have to get if you want to go to university you have to get deeply in hock and you're paying it off for, for years and years and years afterwards and so and so that, that, that i mean that's another that's a completely different subject of you know are we supporting sort of creative people in this country and we're we're not really one of the things i've seen people do is is launch kind of kickstarters or patreons to make you know to make movies and mm-hmm. also make you know the, the, this pilot i was talking about for this series on amazon i think she did she did a, did a patreon to raise the budget to, to, to make her pilot and so yeah and so yeah i mean so if you if you're prepared to do that if you and, and, and um you can it is still possible to to, to get in and to and to and to and to make a make a I've, I mean, because i'm not a famous writer but i've made a decent living so i mean it, there is a living to be made you know when i started it was like none obviously none of my none of my family had even been to university so I mean, and certainly nobody worked in the arts and so it was um it was it did seem like a big 
kind of mountain to to climb. But um, but it's not so it's not such a big mountain as it as it seems. So um, if you're if you're if you're if you've got a bit of talent and a bit of determination and and patience as well, it can, it can take a lot of patience. The one big bit of advice I always give people is keep going because um, yeah. because ninety ninety eight percent of people give up after the first or second setback. And so if yeah. you're not one of those, the fields are suddenly narrowed dramatically by by the by by your set by the second. That's true. That you've had. Yeah, that's really true. So let's go right back to the beginning then because uh through a mutual friend that's that helped set this up he was telling me about your love of comic books and was that something yes. i read uh, in your own bio you know you wanted to write comic books as a child so you were really wanted, wanting to yeah. write stories i originally wanted to draw comic books i was i was a, a doodler an inveterate doodler at school and all that kind of thing i used to i yeah. used to in the corners of my of my school books i used to i used to actually do little animations of like spider-man's you know you, you know when oh. flick books you know but in in, in the corner yeah. spider-man swinging through between buildings and stuff like that and so i i grew up oh, as, a, as a as a as a young kid i wanted to draw spider-man comics that was basically my my, my one goal in life and when i was um when i was at university i was um editor of the or oh, one of the editors of the the, the college magazine and which was published on this ancient kind of thing called a gestetna machine that doesn't <laughs> this was before kind of desktop publishing and you know proper printers and everything but but i had access to that and so i thought i'm going to publish my own graphic novel as we called them back in the 80s uh, on on this on this thing and so i wrote and drew this um, this this graphic novel and um, i sent it off to the president of the Society of Comic Strip Illustrators, who was this very famous, at the time, was this very famous um, a guy called David Lloyd, who I think he, he, he did V for Vendetta that was later turned into a film. That, that, wow. If you're into comics, that, that, that Alan Moore wrote. If, Alan, Alan, if you're into comics, Alan Moore is a big name. Uh, but anyway, I sent it to him and he wrote back and he said, um, well, your drawings, that your writing is quite, <laughs> quite good. You, you ought to concentrate on the writing. So, so I thought, well, I'm not going to, you know, you know, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to sort of. Um, I'm quite a lazy person. So I thought, oh, well, well, if it's going to be harder to be a to, to be a to be an artist, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to concentrate on the writing. So, um, so I started to to write. I wrote to DC Thompson and in Dundee. You, used to publish the dandy and the beano and and mm. lots of um, science. And used to do this thing called this science fiction. Um, like digest if you're if you're a if you're a man of a certain age you'll remember there used to be this thing called commando digest that was set in world war ii and it, was, it was war stories and they also published a, a science fiction one back in the late late 80s that um that that was called Starblazer, and and so i started writing for that because i was i was mad keen on science fiction and um and so i started writing for that and that that was my first sort of oh and also for for a, for a girl's comic called mandy i created a comic strip about no a, a, a girl and a man Magic cat, yeah, yeah, yeah. Her cat, oh. who was a reincarnated witch from the from Salem, from the, from the Salem. Oh, amazing! Story. Yeah, yeah. And so, and so, those were my first kind of sales to um, to my first script sales because because a comic script, the script for a comic strip is set out in a very similar way to a TV script or a or a film script. You know, you okay. have to describe the action and then you put the name of the character and underneath the name of the character you put their, their dialogue. And so so it was good tra- training for... And I really wanted to write for this comic called 2000 AD, which was the one with Judge Dredd and, um, you know, the, all the yeah. big characters. And... Um, 
And I found, and I used to go to comic conventions and sort of meet with people. And, but I found it very difficult to break into 2008. Maybe I just wasn't good enough. And um, and so I thought, well, I, I'm, I need to kind of diversify my writing because in case the comic thing doesn't work out. And that's when I st- started thinking about television. And I, I wrote a, 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 a one-hour play for television. that Because at, at the time, again, we're talking like in the prehistoric era of television back in the... Just, just, in the to, just to bad input, what age are you in at this time? Oh, oh, at this time, I was, I was, um, well, actually, when I started writing the play, I just left university. So I was 21. And um, okay. so I was 21, 22. So I was, I was, I was kind of, I just, I just studied history at university and I'd left. Right. And I was determined to become a, I mean, I, I was determined to become a writer. That was, that was my thing. Yeah. And when they did the, the career, the milk round thing, the career thing at university, I didn't go to any of the stands because I thought, no, I know what I want to do. I want to, I want to be a writer. I don't need to, I don't need to sort of talk to people about <laughs> what's, what it's like to work in Marks and Spencers or going into the army or anything <laughs> like that. I, 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 I want to be a writer. And first I, I, um, I, as I say, I started selling these 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 things to DC Thompson, which was which was great, uh, but but very low budget. They were they were they, they, they were they were famously a, a Scottish a Scottish company, and very 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 um, careful with money. And um, but 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 it was great because they were always looking for new writers, and. Um, and and then I got this idea, and then I thought, well, I'm I, I'm I'm finding it more difficult to branch out into my favourite comics. So I'm I know what I'll do. I'll I'll write something for television. And so I I started writing this play, and um, and by a very circuitous route, it ended up getting to this producer. The way that it worked in those days, this was this was a, this was the BBC many years ago. They they uh, uh, producers apparently used to get given slots for for studios at Television Centre. You know, they used to have. Um, seven or eight studios at Television Centre before mm. it got turned into flats, which it is now, at Television Centre yeah. in Shepherd's Bush in London. And um, they used to have, the, a producer would would be given a studio and told, okay, you've got to put a production into this studio in December, it was December, I think. And um, and the, the play that this producer thought he had ready for going into the studio suddenly fell out for some reason and he, and he had a studio book but no play and at that point my 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 little play came across his desk someone gave it to him and um and he read it and said yes this 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 is all right so we so um, they got in touch with me and said would you like us to produce your play and i said yes i I, just... I would that would be that do would you be think nice. that would happen do you think that would happen today for people because i don't do, do you think that well, the, Obviously, the way that the studios work and things is different. Oh, totally. It's totally different. The, the version of it that I think would happen today is there used to be a little department in the BBC that was meant to read everything that came in. This is, this is back when I started, when I was in my 20s. And so I, the script unit. And so I sent it into the script unit and they weren't interested. But I, I, by that time, I'd started going out with my, my, um, well, my, still my, 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 my partner, you know, my, 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 my other half, and she, and her stepmom worked um, doing sort of things like Shirley Bassey shows for the BBC and stuff like that. But she'd heard that the uh, that the department were very unhappy with what the script unit was giving them, and so the, the, someone in the drama department had said to the, uh, I think a secretary or a, or a production assistant that worked in the drama department can you have a, a look yourself at some scripts that come in just oh. just in case any good ones are, are escaping the aren't getting through the process and so um and so because i knew this i i i sent the script again but to this person at the bbc yeah nice and she, and she <laughs> liked it and she was the person that gave it to the producer and the equivalent now i think is the bbc still have 
this it used to be called the BBC Writers Room, and now it's called BBC Writers. So if you if you go to bbc.co.uk slash writers, they have this whole um, website set up for people that want to become writers and that want to write mm-hmm. for the BBC. And they have these initiatives, and there's a couple. There, there, as we record this podcast, there's a, actually a couple of ones at the moment. There's one called Ignite. I think that's if you if you want to write animation, you just need to oh, you wow. just need to write a page. For your, of your animation idea and send it in and if it's good they'll they'll ask you in and try to help you develop it and they and they do this all the time the bbc writers it's um, and there's a library there so you can read you know, scripts of shows that have already gone out so you can see what a script looks like and ah. which is which is really helpful if you're if you're if you're a young writer is when you actually see a script it doesn't look as scary as you imagine it is to, to write a script yeah. when you can actually see it and you can say oh yeah that I mean, look, look all that white space there's, there's, there's only a few words on that page that's that's i could do that so um so it kind of demystifies the whole process for you and what they also do on that page is they um they kind of aggregate um sort of um other other organizations that are that are looking for writers and new and lo- that are looking for new writing so if there's a theater holding a competition for new writing they'll 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 they'll, they'll put the details mm. of it on the on the bbc website and so that is a really good place to go if you are kind of a, a, a wannabe writer and you're, yeah. and you're and you're starting out and and and, the, and and that's the great thing about the bbc being a public service broadcaster they are they are they are doing this they're they're, they're, they're kind of actively engaged yeah and do you think that they are looking they're just looking for good stories are they they're not looking for anything in particular qualification wise or does it help now to go and do a degree in screenwriting for example or script writing that's, and that's a that's a hotly contested debate within among writers because i think in journalism it's much more now go and train ensure mm. you're you know you're trained i guess uh, i guess there's a lot of rules around you know responsible journalism and but yep. of course uh, uh, somewhere like the bbc might like to do their own training and sort of bring yeah. people in and say well, this BBC, is how we do things yeah. The, the the BBC is probably one of the last people that will even give you a kind of little bursary to to to, to trade. I mean, yeah. it's, um, it's um, because because Leah, like like we were saying, if you want to go to film school now, it's gonna it's gonna cost you. So it's um, mm. from my point of view, I I I didn't go to film school until I'd already been working in. Yeah, I did this one month mm. course, and that was when I decided I wanted to write movies. And I thought, oh, how am I going to write movies? I need to go go on a movie writing course. But I'd already been writing. I'd already been writing. I I ended up. Uh, doing this play the play went out which was fine it was great experience got some good reviews there's there's this myth uh, uh, with the entertainment industry of oh i've now uh, i've sold something i've now broken in i'm on the inside of the mm. industry you haven't broken in you now have to write something else that's gonna sell yeah it's, it's not like <laughs> everyone's gonna just pay you money to do nothing it's you need to yeah. so so you're constantly having to write something that is and it's it's like it's like no other industry because you know when you're when you're making cars or cakes or whatever you're you're you make your prototype and then you and then you just knock out lots and lots of versions of that whereas with a script everything is a prototype and so, uh, yeah, <laughs> and so everything is completely different from the last thing which makes it exciting though it's oh yeah, it's exciting, and 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 and, and the fact that there is no—it's it, impossible to get bored in this industry because yeah. it's different all the time. It's like a roller coaster. But um, but yeah, so then I had to write something else, and I thought I was a playwright, and I I really got up myself and thought I'm going to write a play about the state of the nation, and I wrote this thing that that no one wanted to do, and so um, <laughs> and I spent like six months writing it, and so I thought, well, I've got to write something that I can sell more quickly. So I I because my 
first two plays, especially the first one, had had lots of jokes in. I thought, and I never set out to be a comedy writer specifically, but what what, what I wrote ended up having jokes in. So I so then I thought, well, I'll, I'll do a bit of a pivot and I'll start to write sketches and stuff for comedy shows, and you can write them much quicker and get a yes or no much quicker, and and so it's 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 an easier way to to make quick money. And so I started doing that, and I ended up sort of getting a bit typecast doing that for a, a couple of, or for a few years, and then I wanted to mm. go into to long form stuff and that's when i went on the that's when i went on the on the on the on the one month course and so and so yeah you can you can go on a course and it's great and i think the best thing that it gives you is it is certainly people i've spoken to that have been to film school is it gives you a kind of cohort of people that are all at the same level yeah. of 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 achievement as you but but that are amazingly supportive and that will read your stuff and and give you suggestions mm. and and then when one person gets a bit of success they'll hopefully sort of sort of help haul their the, the, their friends up and make make some introductions um, to to the people that they've met and stuff like that and so that is incredibly useful from the point of view of the craft as we call it you know of of writing i personally think that if you get a bunch of scripts and read them you'll learn just as much about screenwriting as yeah. you will by going to film school. Oh, I of mean, course. Yeah. yeah. So, so that's the cheap way to do it. And you certainly don't have to go to film school. I didn't go to film school. I, was a, I, I went for this one-month course um, at the National Film Television School, but that was when I'd already, I was already a, a jobbing writer and I, and I was making a good, a, a good living, writing jokes and sketches, writing for comedians, writing for quiz shows and stuff like that. And um, yeah, But I wanted a kind of sort of, pivot slightly and so and so and so i did i did this course and at the end of this course they said would you like to come and they they always picked one writer to to then go and work to stay there for for i think another year uh and and to help all the other all the, all the, all the directors write their write their movies that were on the director's course and they said would you like to do that and i said i i i i i and in retrospect, it probably would have been brilliant because I would have met some amazing directors that went on to do amazing things. Yeah. But at the time, I thought, I can't take the pay cut. I'm earning too much. I'm earning too much yeah. for, my, for my career. For, and they were just going to, again, they were gonna, there was a little bit of a grant attached to it, but it, was, it, was, it would have been a massive, and I wouldn't have been able to afford my rent or anything. And so I said, I said no, I can't, I can't afford to do that. I'm sorry. But um, what I'm saying is, if you've got the money to go on a film course, it's great. Um, you're, it, it will motivate you. There will be deadlines. There will be you'll have to you'll have to produce something by the end of the course. And so, if if you're if you if you certainly if you're a pop, uh, not a self starter, it's um it's a it's a good thing to do. And you'll meet these amazing people who will probably be your friends for life, and who will and you'll all rise up to the industry together. So on from that point of view, it's money well spent. But if you haven't got the money and you do and you do still want to be a writer, then you'll you'll learn just as much about writing. And about good scripts by reading a bunch of scripts. There, are, there, there are loads of places you can go to download scripts, especially during award season, which is which is now. Now is award yeah. season, and so all of the studios release all of their scripts online, so that potential voters oh, for, the, for the Oscars and the Baftas, yeah, can 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 download them and read them. And so and so, just grab as many scripts as you like. Grab all your scripts from your favourite movies and scripts from your least favourite movies, so you can see why they don't work as well. And um, and just read them, and you'll just learn again. You'll mm. learn by osmosis just by reading. You'll, you'll you'll kind of see the patterns that emerge, and you'll it will kind of teach you sort of all the all the all the tricks and all of the um, all of the tools that you'll 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 need to to, to write a script yourself. Wonderful. And and you mentioned then you you did the course and you went into uh, film writing because you did then write and uh, produce a film, didn't you? 
staggered, yes. Yes. which I love the story. Yes. You, you, I, I looked at the YouTube link and I love the story behind it, if you wouldn't mind telling it on how it came about. came about because um, I used to buy... This is another difference between now. I, I, I was just saying about how easy it is to download scripts. When I was doing it, there was no kind of... There was email and stuff, but there was no sort of in, there was no places on the internet where you could go to download scripts. And so I started buying scripts from this guy called Simon, who who yeah. who had been a been Simon Braithwaite, who was um, who had worked at Empire magazine, and um, and then he'd sort of gone off on his own. To, he wanted to become a writer, and, he, and and he'd actually gone to Hollywood with a friend of his, and um, and they and lived there for a while. And they'd almost sold a script, but not. And he'd, he'd come back, and he uh, and um, he was making a living by basically by going to America and physically bringing back scripts and then photocopying them and selling them to would-be writers like me no on, on sort of, uh, yeah, over classified ads and stuff like that. And so I kind of developed kind of an email relationship with Simon and he said he, said he still wanted to write a movie. And I said, well, I want to write a movie. And, um, and so we, 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 we got together. And um, we'd, I'd, I'd read an interview with John Hughes, and John Hughes had said, I, I, John Hughes wrote Home Alone and uh, all the sort of teen movies from the from the eighties, like Breakfast Club and stuff like that. And, and one of my favourite trains, planes, and automobiles, which is a Steve Martin yeah, movie, which is still brilliant. Yeah, it's a fantastic film. And um, I read an interview with him, and he said he was he, he couldn't understand why. Um, young filmmakers didn't do what he did when he started because he he he, he was a, he was a guy who was working in Chicago. He was working in advertising. He had no links to Hollywood, but he decided what he was going to do is he was going to rent a school, and he and he made the Breakfast Club in this in this school. So he rented a local school in Chicago, and and he, and he you know got a budget and everything. But um, but he, but he said he kept the cost down. And so me and Simon originally that was our idea. It's, let's make a John Hughes movie. But the, the and and but the problem was our favourite John Hughes movie was Plain Strains and Automobiles. And so we ended up making the low budget version of Plain Strains and Automobiles <laughs> about a guy a guy who's stranded in Scotland and has to get back in time for his wedding. Actually, in time for his wedding, he has to get back to and Martin Clunes. Martin Clunes, who who ended up directing it as well. And um, and so we there was a scheme at the time called the Enterprise Allowance Scheme. This is this is kind of the tail end of of, of kind of Thatcher's Britain, you know, where so, well, Margaret Thatcher was. Everyone's got to do everything themselves, and we'll give them a little bit of money to start yeah. off, but then that's it. And so um, and so basically, it was a scheme to it was basically a scheme to help people sort of set up small businesses, like if you wanted to open a shop and stuff like that. They they'd give you a little amount of money, and um, and that will keep you going for the for the first year of your business. And and so a few people had started to a few imaginative people had started to think, well actually, you could you could raise a low you know, raise money for a low budget movie on this. And the idea was you had to make a prospectus and then you'd and you get this little bit of money and and then you'd um you'd um ask for investors in your prospectus. Basically the pitch was do you want to be in a movie? Do you want to be an extra in a movie? A bit, a bit like now with Kickstarter. Do you want to be in a movie? Do you want to be an extra in a movie? Do you want to see your name on the credits of a movie at, at the end in the, in, in the roller? Great. Well, then invest in our movie and, um, and, um, and you can do that. And so we ended up, we had, we had to get a lawyer to oversee it all. It was quite a complicated process. And so we'd, we'd already started doing that by the time I went, I started going to the National Film and Television School. And, and, and the NFTF were actually quite pissed off because I couldn't attend the first half of the first day at school because we had our big meeting with 
investors on that, on the oh, no. movie on that. And I couldn't understand why. But this is my movie. This is a film story. Yeah, literally. And this is literally, I'm going to get the money for my movie. On the, on the, anyway, anyway. They're not used to the success happening so quickly no, no, on day one. No, exactly. Exactly. And so, and so, yeah, and that's how we made it. And so, um, and halfway through filming, we were very lucky halfway through filming because we didn't have a distributor or anything, but we just started making this movie. And, um, and halfway through filming, um, it was being produced by um, Simon's sister, Philippa, who ended up marrying Martin because there was a big romance, and, um, yeah. and, and uh, who, was a, who was a commercials producer. So she was an experienced producer, but she'd never done a, a feature. And, um, and she took it to um, this company called Entertainment Films, who were, who were still a distributor. They, they, they did all the Lord of the Rings movies and, um, over, over mm-hmm. here. And, um, and they agreed to, to buy it. For, for distribution or just on the strengths of the script and um, which was you know which was very very satisfying to, to my ego and Simon's yeah, ego of course. Who, 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 had, who had written it and um, and that money enabled us to finish it to post-produce it and everything and then they they, they released it so um, so it actually got a, a cinema release I mean it was um, so it was and it was incredible I think the, the first week it was the number I can't remember if it was number two or number three movie in Britain, but it was it was quite high up in the in the charts. Based on, and, and it was a tiny low budget movie. Yeah, yeah. So um, so we were we were we were very happy. How did you get Martin Clunes to to get involved and and because you had other good uh, cast members as well, didn't you? Yes, we did. We we had um, a chap called Michael Prade who was who had been Robin of Sherwood, and then he'd gone to America and been in a big soap <laughs> called Dynasty and stuff like that. And he's a he, he's a nice yeah. guy and. Uh, and um, and and he was a bit of a heartthrob at the time, so he was a good. He he played the villain, and um, um yeah, and we had Martin Clunes, we had Griff Reese Jones, who was who was yeah. really very very big in comedy at the time, and, and they they all just responded to the the script, and they were supporting kind of sort of low budget British filmmaking, but 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 yeah. they really liked the script, and um, our, our original director had to drop out because he got an offer for a huge amount of money to go and make a giant BBC series about oil rigs and um and so he dropped out and that's when martin and, and in fact philippa said to me and simon simon she said would you like to direct it and we were going oh we we don't feel qualified to direct it. <laughs> but martin had done lot martin was very keen to be a, to try and uh, directing for the screen because he'd done lots of um, stage directing and so um, and so he stepped in and said um, and said oh i'll direct it and so and so he ended up taking mm. over the taking over the direction so um, so yeah so it turned out and it turned out pretty good and it made it made it made money for the distributor it didn't make us any money until it went on the bbc we sold it and we ended up selling it to the bbc and then everyone that worked on it got a grand after and that was the only money really? we ever we ever made from it yeah because God. there was a thing it, it was a finance thing but it was do you want it do, if the, the distributor gives you a choice do you want it in just three cinemas in central london and then it goes straight to video or do you want it in like 600 cinemas around the country with bus ads on bus shelters and stuff like that and we said oh the second one please and um and and we 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 did realize actually but but we but but it but what happens when you when you tick box b is that that all of that money that they're going to spend on the all at the time anyway all of that money that they spent on the prints and advertising came out of our our side of the yeah, of, of, course. of the movie so we all, we had to pay that back first before we we saw anything from it so yeah. it was but it was just it was just a great experience to make a to make a movie and to see and to see how movies were made so um, so it was still good fun that's amazing. And, and when you write your own movie, obviously you're completely in charge of the script. You work together. You, you plot it out. But you've worked on established TV shows as well, where I guess you come into something that's already started. 
I, I, this is my view. You oh, yeah. tell me what it's Absolutely. right. And, and do you join a, a team of other writers? Do you work with the director and the producer? Uh, in television, you're, you're, you tend to work with the... Well, often, certainly, in, I've done a lot of sitcom, and on sitcom, the producer is often the director, or there is a producer and a director, and right. in that case, you're you're working more with the producer because um, the producer is is doing is kind of well, actually, no. In when rehearsals start, the director comes in, and so you're you're still rewriting all the way through rehearsals. But when you're writing on another person's show, it's a completely different experience from when you create something, and mm. you have to kind of you have to kind of um you 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 have to kind of write in that writer's style in the in the style of the person yeah. who created the show which is which is great it's um it's uh, because it uses different parts of your brain it's uh, it's um, mm. it's like it's like doing a crossword puzzle or something you know it's um, it's it's um, it's, uh, it's a different challenge and so um and 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 it's quite exciting and so yeah yeah so when you when I, when i was writing kind of um Red Dwarf. I had to. I had to be like Doug Naylor and Rob Grant, who'd created Red Dwarf. And obviously, obviously, you never achieve that exactly that. But you. But it's got to be enough like it that, that people that watch the show don't go, "Oh my God, what's this? This isn't. This isn't Red Dwarf. This is, this is ridiculous." <laughs> yeah. And so, um, yeah. And so, and so, yeah. And so, it's um, it, it's great fun to do that as well because, especially when you come on to an established show where the characters already work. And everyone loves the characters. It's uh, that's half the work done for you. You haven't you haven't got to introduce the characters. You haven't got to sort of find out what makes them funny. You already know what makes them funny. So 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 it, it's very enjoyable to do that because um, because you're 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 just doing the fun stuff, which is um, coming up with some new jokes and some new stories to um, uh, to, to lead them through. So it's uh, yeah, it's um, I, I I I always love writing other people's shows. It's a great experience. Yeah, I, I can imagine it's it's yeah, like you say, it's a different part of the brain, and actually. It gives you a, a sense of freedom of I don't need to sort of worry about this. I just need to go into something mm. that's already established, already got a, a strong tone of voice or position. Yes. But yeah. does that mean that you have much tighter time strengths against you? You know, you've got to churn out sort of a certain number of episodes. Or it's got to be done by this date. So you, you can't really get writer's block. Oh, you never get writer's block if you're... I mean, writer's block... But someone said about writer's block that it, the the... Um, it's a bit like impotence. It's like it's like if 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 someone if someone says to you, "Aren't you worried about about impotence?" and and you've never thought about <laughs> impotence before, and you go, "Impotence, impotence." Oh my god, yeah, I suppose that is quite worrying. Oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, yeah. Oh my god, am I going to be able to perform? Oh my god, oh my god. And then it's like a self-fulfilling, yeah, 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 yeah. And then writing books <laughs> a bit like that. And and the good thing about about deadlines and stuff is is if you've got a deadline and um, and um, and um, and your mortgage depends on and your mortgage needs to be paid that month, yeah. but you're not going to get paid if you don't meet the deadline. It kind of you you don't have time to think about writer's block. The version of writer's block I'm familiar with is when you're trying to come up with a completely new idea. I mean, when you're when yeah. when you've got a blank sheet of paper and you could write anything about anyone you know in any style in any genre that is quite daunting because it, 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 you, you kind of have to narrow it down and narrow it down and narrow it down and and but when you're creative when you're when you're presented with this vast sort of universe of possibilities it's it's that can be quite daunting and sometimes you can go oh god i can't think of anything mm-hmm. and you just you just go out for a walk instead certainly with television writing where it has to be done on de- to a deadline and you have to like you say you have to do a certain number of episodes it, you really haven't got time for writer's block and so, um, mm, and so mm. you, you just don't think about it and the, the other thing that I did and I still do up, do up to a point now certainly at the start of my career I used to make myself write every day which I found mm. and it doesn't work for everyone but uh, but but be- 
if you write every day, you never feel, oh, I'm totally blocked because you know you're going to write something that day. Now, it could be terrible. The thing you write on a, the thing you write on a Wednesday might be terrible and the thing you write on a Friday might be brilliant. <laughs> but, um, but, but, but at least by writing every day, you'll, 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 you will end up getting to the Friday where you write, you write something brilliant. So, um, so, so that would, that, that's, that's what I found work for me with, with just writing every day, every year. And then it doesn't seem like a, it doesn't seem like a hard thing because you're doing it every day. So it's, um, it's, um, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. What for me, so. I'm guessing you're, you work as a freelancer because you, you get to work on yes. different shows. So, and, and how yes. many shows would you tend to work on at the same time? Usually just the one. Yeah, I mean, it, it, you do get a bit of overlap. Or you did get a bit of overlap when I when I was doing the I used to do, I went through a phase of doing a lot of sitcoms and um, and so they'd asked you to to start thinking about writing on one show when you were like in the like in rehearsals with another show. All the trick was never to and I think probably still is never never to acknowledge that you're that you're thinking about another show when you're when you're in the room yeah. when you're in the when you're in the when you're in the room with all the people from show one never. <laughs> Never acknowledge it or even thinking about show two because and they don't want to hear that. They just they want your 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 attention to be to be focused one hundred percent on 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 show one and vice versa. When you're in the room with the show two, your show one ceases to exist. You don't you don't mention it and uh, and you need to be able to. I mean, you need to be able to hop fairly quickly. I would never advise writing two shows at once because that's that's horrible and um, because it takes or it used to take me like a day or two to just. It's like turning around an oil tanker to. To, to sort of get my brain out of the, you know, like I say, I was writing in two different writing styles, other people's styles, and um, and in order to sort of withdraw myself from writing style one and in, get into writing style two, it used to take me like a day or two because it was a, it was it's a it's a it's a weird thing. It's a weird. It sounds it sounds really wanky, but it it is, it is a weird it is weird mind gymnastics that you do sometimes in order to just in order to get into someone else's style. So yeah, yeah, I can imagine. So just tell me a bit about the process there because I, I imagine you come in, you sit in a writer's room do you but then you also join rehearsals and listen to how the script actually lands and, and makes tweaks and yes. speak to the director yeah I, I i mean i i i haven't done sitcoms for a while now but the way it used to work because there's not as much money in the the, the uk sort of television industry we didn't have writers rooms in the sense that they had they had right and still have writers rooms in america which is where they used to pay writers to come and sit in a room every day during a development period mm. because because they just didn't have the money to do that we did have like i remember i worked on a series called goodnight sweetheart for um for um a company called alamo which is um Marks and Grant, these two writers called Marks and Grant, and who were very good writers, and they created some great shows. I mean, so they created some amazing shows like The New Statesman and Birds of a Feather, and some big yeah. shows that were really big, sort of in the in the nineties. And um, and they they had a writers' room to the extent of they'd have this meeting of all the writers at the start of the series, and everyone would kind of pitch stories. And then be given the story that they that hopefully be given the story that they if, if you pitched a good story you could then go off and and write that story, but 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 then kind of that would be it for the writers room. You it, in America you you all break what they call break the story together in the room, and then mm. often you'll they'll get a big whiteboard out and they'll plot out the story in the room on the on the whiteboard, mm. everyone in the room, and then one person will be assigned the story. Then they'll go and write it, and that that will be their bit on there, and they'll go and write it. But then it will come back into the room, and everyone will pitch in on the rewrites. In in the room and that doesn't happen so much over here even now i don't think and um and in fact now you've the way that comedy is has kind of gone in in this country it's, it's gone towards much more towards writer performers and so um and so you'll you'll mm. you'll have kind of a writer performer who will be the person that does the final version of the the script that they will then be 
starring it. Have you have you been to America? I, we, I, I, yeah, I've been to America loads of times. Yeah, I mean, sorry, to write, I mean. <laughs> I've done what they call the water bottle tour of LA. When when I went out with Simon after the after Stagger came out, there was a bit of interest in an American version of it, and um, and and we went out and we. Um, and we, we we pitched various projects at various studios. So I've done that. I've done which I'm terrible at. I'm terrible at pitching because it because, because in my mind it's not pitching. It's lying because you're you're, <laughs> you're telling people that something you haven't written yet is going to be absolutely brilliant. And you're thinking, well, you, how do I know if it's going to be absolutely brilliant? I'm lying. I'm lying to this person. And um, and and that's quite daunting. Pitching. I didn't. I, I never liked that. And we went to one studio. And um, and and we we weren't very good at pitching, but but this guy was so disinterested that we were pitching to that. At one point, he opened his drawer and he got out a yo-yo and started just playing with his yo-yo while we were trying to pitch our movie. Oh to my him. god! It was, like, um, it was like it was so embarrassing. <laughs> yes, it was so embarrassing. So um, so I've done that, and I've worked. Um, I did. I, I've never worked in a, an American. I've never got close enough to work in an American writer. A, a friend of mine. I've had friends that have, that have done it. That have done it, and um, much more successfully. Um, uh, I used to write a series called a- uh, for, for S Club Seven. Um, oh yeah, I read that. Um, <laughs> and when they used to do their show, and yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, one of the writers from that was, was called George, who was a, was a great writer called Georgia Pritchett, who's, who now works on Succession, which is done wow. with the writers' room, you know. And, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, and um, and another writer that I work with called Kim Fuller, who I've oh, I've written a kind of comic with. Uh, he worked on the Tracy Ullman show out in um, out in and, and out in Hollywood at, at Hollywood Studio back in the back in the day. I, and I have worked. I did. I did. I worked on a, a show for the uh, UK Disney Channel that where the um, the um, script editor was in America, and I happened to be in America. Because I've got, I've, I, I have a little flat in in Santa Monica, in America, mm-hmm. and I and I just happened to be there sort of on vacation, and um, and I got this gig, and she just lived up the road, oh, <laughs> nice. and so I had this this. It was very, it it, it was very LA. I, I met her in a Starbucks, yeah. in Pacific Palisades, <laughs> and we and we went over the we went over the, my script together, and so that was a, that was the closest I've come to. to. But yeah, but 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 I've but I've done all the pitch meetings, and so I, I've had a taste of what it's like. I would like to work in a writers' room. It was, yeah. it's, um, I, I I think there must be a real sense of if it's a if it's a well-run writers' room, it must, there must be a real kind of sense of camaraderie there that um, that is that is great. But um, but but over here, it was always much more of a solo thing. And and you know, classically in the old days. A sitcom series here would only be six episodes long, so it would all, almost always be written by one person or you know two people, uh, a team. So it would be like you know, um, um, Grant, Robin Doug would write Red Dwarf, and um, Carla Lane would write this the really successful sitcom called Bread, and um, John Sullivan would write um, Only Fools and Horses, mm. and they'd write them all himself. And so um, and so it was. Um, it, it was kind of a different system, whereas now it, it's they they need more. They need ten, twelve, mm. you know, fourteen episodes, and so and so you do need you do need more writers. I get which again is good because it means more people are yeah, of course, and, and more people are. It's a good way of way of learning as well. It like writing on someone else's show is a good way of learning how to create your own your own show. So that's um, it's a it's a good stepping stone. And what kind of things are you working on now? It's a lot of stuff in development. Um, I've been working on this uh, film script for eight. I've, I've just worked out the other day. For, this is the eighth year <laughs> with this film script, and I had a meeting with the producer and the director before Christmas, 
and they and um, they had notes to take it in a i mean we 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 we've been having problems casting and for various reasons um I, I mean, I can't go into detail because details because sure. it's um, it's not you know someone else has paid for it and it hasn't been produced yet. But um, it, it needs a very young cast. Mm. But in order to sell it, they need a couple of names in it, and it's very difficult to find like 50, sort of sixteen or seventeen year old box office names. Yeah. And, so, and so we're doing another rewrite on it now to ch- slightly change the story that will bring in some older characters that will hopefully sell it. And. Um, and so I'm doing that, and there's a musical I've got in development. Wow. Well, so you have written songs? I, I haven't written the song. Well, I've, I, on this one, I've written, I, I've written a couple of lines of the songs. Yeah, yeah but, nice. uh, but But no, it's got, it's got, a, it's got a, a lyricist and composer kind of um, team that are working on okay. it. And I'm just doing the, the, what they call the book. It's called the book in a musical, and it's basically the script. Right, the script right. But sometimes, because of the way it works, because you have to go seamlessly into, into, from, from the script to a song, sometimes, you know, as the writer, you suggest a couple of lines just to, just to help the, the lyricist, though, which, which is great, because I mean, I would love to write songs. That's yeah. things are. And uh, I, I, and I did write uh, back in 2015 or 2016. I did a jukebox musical using Irving Berlin songs that, yeah. that toured the that toured the country for for a brief tour. So that was and that was great fun. That was a real bucket list thing because I'm 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 mad about musicals. I love I love I love theatre and I love musicals. Oh, amazing! So that, was, that was a that was a real kind of great experience. Yeah. How do you? I suppose for you, you're so established in now this world where I guess work people come to you, you know, word of mouth or they know you already, they've worked with you. But for, for people starting out, how do you find work? Do you, Are there sort of listings of looking for script writers? No, no, not really. I mean, the... the, the the best the best um, sort of hack for that is bbc writers is is the way to do that because it aggregates everything you periodically get like theaters that, that run playwriting schemes and 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 you know some theaters have a read the, I, I believe the royal court reads plays all, all year round so you can submit you can submit a play to the royal court and they and it will eventually get it'll take months obviously mm. but um, so there's all of that the thing i always tell writers at first you have to write some good scripts. Mm. If if someone thinks they can make money from something you've written, you'll be amazed about how quick it'll get into production. Yeah, really. And, yeah. And if someone if someone thinks they can if yeah if someone thinks they can make money by being your agent, you'll be amazed at how quick you can get an get agent. Work. I mean, it's, um, <laughs> and and yeah, and younger writers tend to get and, and I can see why. And I was the same when I was a young writer, but but younger writers tend to get fixated on you know how do I get an agent and. Um, you know, how do I get producers to read my scripts? And it's like, that's great, but make sure that you've got an amazing script mm. first because, because it's a bit like saying, oh, I, I really want to be a racing driver. And I've got and I've got my and I've got an agent in place and um, and I've got some you know and I and I and I've done some great networking but I haven't passed my driving test yet yeah. and so that's 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 the wrong order to do it that's the pass your driving test first and become a really good driver and then go out and and get people interested in your racing driving skills and it's a bit the same with writers you've got to make sure you've only got one ch- and this is a cliche but it's a the reason it's a cliche is because it's true you've only got one chance to make a good impression with each producer that you send something to, because mm. then if, and, and if you send them something that's slightly subpar that you think is good and that your mum says is good, but that you haven't really sort of tested against uh, with anyone else. 
uh, and you send them that, then they'll go, yeah, it's not, it's not for us. And then when, whenever you send anything in future, your name is attached to that, mm. that slightly subpar experience. And so I, I do urge people that you do need to, to keep writing, write and write and write and always outline your story. Do an outline. Don't just start writing because um, you'll get stuck in the middle um, if you don't know where it's going. When, when you have an idea for anything, never go with your first idea because that's the idea that everyone would. Yeah, would interesting. Do. So, so think of variations on that idea that are, mm. that are more interesting and more unusual and more personal. Um, and same with your characters. And you know, never, never write the stock policeman. You know, you, here, here is the policeman. Here is the scientist. Try and make them human beings. Try and make them interesting. Mm. And it all takes time. Never send in your first draft. I mean, it will say first draft when you send it in. Yeah. You'll, you'll have worked on it. You'll, 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 you'll have been through it three or four times at least before you. And I read when I started writing, I read a really interesting statistic, which is that this is for American screenwriters. But it's um, and uh, the average American screenwriter has no interest in any of his scripts until his seventh script wow. that, he, that, he, that he sends in. So, I mean, so or he or she or they send in. And so it's, it's you know, it's a bit like the, the Malcolm Gladwell, the 10,000 hours thing. You've, you've, you've got to really put in the time yeah. and write and rewrite and show it to people that you trust who aren't your mum and get feedback, get feedback from multiple sources if you can. Because if you give a script to five people and four people say scene four is boring, that means that scene four must be boring because four people have said it. Whereas <laughs> if one person says it, you think, OK, well, maybe they just don't like the subject matter or whatever. But but so 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 try and get as much feedback as you can. Try, you know, and, and this is why it's good if you can, if you've got a phone if you and, and some actor friends or some friends that want to be actors, uh, go and shoot something and, and then have a look at it. And um, one of the tricks I always say is, as well is with, with a script is put it in a drawer for, write something, put it in a drawer for at least three months and then get it out and read it again and you'll suddenly and you'll suddenly really? you'll be amazed wow. at three months yeah 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 I, I i always say well well because because if you're not on deadline why not put it in a drawer for three months i mean and in that three months yeah, write something else because um because that's another thing when you send scripts to um producers or agents or whoever if they're if they like it Say they like your writing, but they're not interested in doing your story about a dolphin who becomes a private detective, but they like the writing. They, they, they'll say, what else have you got? So it's always good to have two scripts that are equally good. So to have your, your script A and also your script B mm. in reserve that you can say, oh, actually, well, you don't like that idea. Well, actually, I've got, I've got this script that's just as good, that, but that's a completely different idea. And then they'll say, oh, well, let's, let's have a look at that. And that also tells them that you're not a one-hit wonder. And that mm. if they want to, if they want to bring you in on a on, on their TV series that has multiple episodes, you won't burn out after just writing one script. And so, mm. and so, yeah, put it in a drawer for three months and write something else, write something completely different. And um, and um, and that way, you'll start to develop good writing. Like I say, write every day, good writing habits. Uh, one of the things I've noticed that writers, some writers that I that I've known over the years do is they get obsessed by one particular script and they can't write anything else until until yeah. they sold that particular script or until they've got they've got a response to that particular script so it kind of freezes talk about i mean it's not it's not even writer's block but it's just suddenly they're frozen because um, mm. because they're, they're so sort of obsessed with this so it's best not to do that and so putting it in a drawer is a good way of don't uh, learning not to obsess by it over over any one script because again over the course of your career you're going to be writing hundreds and hundreds of scripts and so it's no, there's no point obsessing over over one of them and have you written something before put it in a drawer you're thinking oh that's really good and then read it again three months later and thought god that was rubbish <laughs> yeah 
Yeah, I've done it with well, several, several. I mean, really, I, I mean, yeah. certainly, I, I, I still find I still find movie scripts the hardest things to write, and and the most fascinating things to write. And um, I've written, and I've only, you know, I've only written three produced movies. One of which I didn't get a credit on. That was so bad. I was glad I didn't get a credit. <laughs> on. I've only written three produced movies, and um, and and um, and so. Uh, yeah, with movie scripts, there was there there were there were a couple. There was one in particular that I was convinced was absolute genius while I was writing it, absolute genius. <laughs> and then I got it out the door, and it was a piece of crap. I mean, just it was just embarrassing. And um, and but you but you can never tell while you're writing something. While you're writing something, you st- this is what normally happens. You start off with this amazing enthusiasm, and you go, "Wow, this is, this is the best thing ever." And then you get about halfway through, maybe, or maybe even not halfway through, but 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 you suddenly become so familiar with it with everything with all the jokes you know them and with all the with all the amazing plot twists you know them so that they don't seem like amazing plot twists anymore it all seems really predictable and and you get this period of depression in the middle where you think oh this is the worst thing ever i'm never gonna i'm never gonna sell this and then you you overcome that by by just keep you know keep keep doing it and then by the time you get to the end you're, you're again you're like this is great this is i'm going to sell this instantly this is good. this is the best thing ever because you're and also you're so relieved to and so proud of yourself to have written to have finished it because most most writers who start things don't finish them i mean most most would be novelists have drawers full of half written mm. novels and most would be screenwriters have drawers full of you know where they've got to the end, end of act 1 and given up and so just actually finishing something is an, is, is an amazing achievement and so you're so you're on a high from that and um, you think it's great, and the temptation is to send it out immediately. And I would counsel you not not to do that. Um, just 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 show it to people, and for yourself, put it in a drawer, and um, and um, and just leave it there for just. It doesn't have to be three months. I mean, that's that that's that's quite extreme, but but at least a few weeks. And um, and it, it it is just amazing when you when you're looking at it with with fresh eyes. And you you can see and and when you, it's a bit it, it's it's the old saying you can't see the wood for the trees when you're in the middle of writing something you can't see the sort of the whole picture whether the whole story hangs yeah. together or something and you're just so pleased to have got to the end that that you're on this endorphin high and um, that is no time to make any decisions about anything so um so yeah so put it in a drawer yeah really really good advice just on the topic of AI that I brought up at the start I was listening to it was Bill Bailey on the radio the other day and he was. Uh, he was talking about how he he opened, I think it was ChatGPT, and he said, write me a script. It's, I can't, I can't remember, I'm going to make up a bit now. It was something like it's a village and there's two competing businesses and they're at war with each other and there's these characters, blah, blah, blah. And he, you know, within one second or two seconds, he had a script that he said was was pretty good. You know, it, it was it was laid out it had the sort of really good beginning middle and this kind of peak and then a conclusion is that terrifying to you in terms of the the craft being lost but also what is the plus side of having this technology I guess at your fingers where you can feed scripts into it and actually start to sort of get answers quite quickly yeah it's, it's, it's an interesting question I mean for me it's not I mean, the, the, these things aren't really AI. They're large language models, models mm. which, is, which just means they've read a lot of stuff. Yeah. And, uh, and then they regurgitate. They kind of, it's a, it's a bit like cut and pasting. They regurgitate a version of that stuff based on the algorithms of what word that should come up next in the, in the sentence. Yeah. And, um, and, it's, and it's hugely impressive. I mean, um, but it's interesting that what, when, you, when you were saying that about, about Bill Bailey, it came up with a script that was pretty good. Now, as a writer, you need 
to be hitting a level somewhere quite a long way above pretty good in yeah, order, true. In order to make a living. That's already the case now. I mean, it's, um, I, I mean, a lot of us can write a pretty good script and, and if we could, if we make serious money at it, it would be great, but we can't. And so, and so, yeah, what these, what these AIs are doing, which is what they are designed to do is they are regurgitating. So, so, you know, I was talking about never go with your first idea yeah. It's they are regurgitating lots of, lots and lots of, they are, they are literally going with their first idea. They are yeah. saying, they are saying, look, look, 47 movies did this, did this cliche here. So we're going to put it into, we're going to put it into, into this. And that's, that's what the algorithms are, t- are, are telling them to do. And so they can come up with something that is very persuasive, especially to someone that isn't, doesn't need to put uh, $150 million into, <laughs> yeah. into that script to make it and, um, and, to, and, and to hopefully get a return. But but to people that that that, that, that do that, you need to you need to be at another level. Now, it's that's not to say that it. it, it I mean, I actually gave some advice to the, to, a, to a young writer the other day. She needed to um, produce a short outline for something for a, a competition or something that she was submitting, and I said, "Well, why don't you try um, putting your outline into Chat G- GPT and asking it asking it to uh, to cut it to a third? I, I can see that being very useful because editing mm. is, a, as you know, you're a journalist, as we all know, editing is a pain in the bum, and so mm. um, and and I always write too long, and so and so for out you know for a for a treatment that it, that, that you're expecting someone to of your story that as it already exists, um, if you can get a, a bit of AI to, to if you can get the AI to squash down your story into still a, a good readable treatment I'm, I'm all in favour of that and, yeah. um, and what the writers were in America were fighting for in the last strike was the fact that, that okay AI obviously is a tool and it's going to enter the, the workplace but it shouldn't and just from a quality point of view it shouldn't be responsible for the final script it should always be a person that is responsible for the final ship uh, the, the final script because because it's a person that can take it from being pretty good to to being a blockbuster, to being the next Oppenheimer or the next Barbie. But an, an, AI, an, an AI is not going to write Oppenheimer or Barbie. I mean, so um, or Poor Things or any of the f- f- um, films that are nominated at the at the moment for for, for Oscars for for screenplay. So so it's um, yeah, it's a it's an it, it's just another tool. It's I I personally don't see it as an existential crisis for writers, and I, I certainly don't think if you're a young writer, you should th- you, you you should think. Uh, um, you should think I should give up and, and go home and uh, because at the moment it's just a tool. It's another tool you can use like spell check or like grammar check. It's, um, it's, uh, but you are still going to have to be creative because you are going to have to get to a much better script than, than a pretty good script. It goes, it goes back to what I was saying. You need to submit something amazing to someone when you send something to someone for the first time. And if you send them something amazing, they will see your talent and will invite you in for a meeting and they might not they might not buy that script. I mean, that 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 rarely happens, actually. But they'll 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 often say, "What else have you got?" Or they'll say, "I've got this project coming up. Would you be interested in taking a look at it?" And look, it's a series. Would you be interested in pitching to write an episode and stuff like that? So it's um it's it's uh, yeah AI AI is just another tool at, at this time. Now that's not to say it's not going to it won't write an Oscar winning script in I don't know however many years time. But because of the way that it's set up, that it is just a regurgitating machine. I kind of doubt that it's, because it's not bringing it's not bringing in creativity. It's um, it's it's not creating anything. It's for good. Yeah. Or something. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think that there is a, a need for a tool, though, to sort of re? You, you mentioned the departments that read scripts and sometimes they don't have enough time. Um, do you think there's there's a need for something that can make sure that a really good script isn't missed? 
that ideas are being picked up because of, you know, human error. I mean, that in theory, that's a great idea. But the trouble with that as a concept is you're suggesting that a good script can be boiled down to a, a lot of checkboxes on a page, which is basically what a what a machine would do when it when it when it read it. It was, and I don't think a good script can. I think I think a Charlie Kaufman script, like have you ever seen Being John Malkovich? I mean, yeah. it's, um, Charlie Kaufman writes these bonkers scripts, yeah. and Poor Things is a bonkers script. I mean, it's a bit based on a, based on a novel. And 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 how are you going to judge? And how is a machine going to judge that against Mission Impossible Twenty Nine? I mean, it's um, <laughs> it's it's. And so, and so, I'd actually suggest that a human who has some sense of, you know, taste, because at the end of the day, in order for a film to be a success, it, it has to appeal to humans. And, mm, yeah, true. Um, and so, it should probably be a human deciding deciding on what on, on, on if it's an appealing script rather than a rather than a machine. I, I I would think. Well, thank you so much, Paul. Lastly, if someone's listening and and still thinking. You know what? I've listened to this. I still want to do it. <laughs> I'm still keen. I'm very passionate. What's your advice for that sort of starting out? Is it just just keep writing, work on that craft? You know, keep checking. Don't give up. Put the time in. It's keep writing. I mean, um, definitely put the time in. Um, see as many movies as possible. Read as many books as possible. Certainly, read as many scripts as possible because it, it, you 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 become fluent in the script language if you read a lot of scripts. Um, also, if you're Certainly, if you're writing comedy, think about um, putting some stuff online. Um, if you're a writer performer, you you have a huge edge in the current market over a pure writer in comedy. I mean, it's um, it's a, well, I mean, you know, TikTok, YouTube. Mm. It's um, it's 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 a great showcase, and you can start to brand yourself. You can you you you. I mean, in the past, not so much now, obviously, because of the way the sad way that it's that it's gone. But but Twitter was a great place where lots of new writers were found, especially comedy writers, because they were yeah. posting great content on Twitter. Just po- like some people were just posting a new joke every day, and yeah. then and it got them staffed on on shows. A, a friend of mine, a friend of mine. Um, became a who's a top script editor in this country. We first got noticed on Twitter by by sort of just talking about wow. shows that he was watching and enjoying. So um, so yeah. So I mean, start to brand yourself. So so you know, get get yourself a Twitter or a, a sorry an X account or a, a Threads account or a Blue Sky account or whatever whatever your choice is, and start to brand yourself as a writer so that. Um, so that if someone is interested in you, they can say, "Oh, I wonder what they what they say on Threads about certain things," and and you've mm. got lots of entertaining stuff on Threads, or or I wonder what their their um, what their YouTube um, channel looks like, and so they come to your YouTube channel and they they see you and your friends doing comedy on on. So from the point of view of comedy, that's 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 very easy. But even even with um, drama, you can you can if you've if you've written a searing drama, you can um, get a group of actor friends together if and um, and do a scene from it and um, and put it up online and it'll show it'll show people sort of what your your potential is as a writer the 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 guy that there was a film called whiplash that came out a few years ago and the a very good writer damien chazelle and um he he um he he yeah brilliant film he 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 desperately wanted to direct it and no direct it so what he did was he he got a little bit of a budget together um and he shot he, he took one of the scenes from the film and he shot it as a 
with actually with the guy that 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 won the Oscar for playing the 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 teacher, you know, and um, but with a different guy playing. It wasn't Miles. What's his name playing the playing the drums? But um, but yeah, he shot it as a short and he took it to Sundance and uh, and um, and and it worked so well. It was accepted for Sundance. It was a just and um, it was just one scene from Whiplash and it and, and it's and that scene is still in Whiplash. And um, but yeah, he did it and 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 everyone saw it and, saw, and said, oh, this is well directed. Yeah, you can direct you can direct the movie. So I mean, that's 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 the kind of thing you've got to do. You can. And, and and you can do a smaller scale version of that with with your 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 you, you know your mates and you can you can you know take over your friends you know or, or ask a, ask if you, if you've got someone that works in a cafe and you have a scene set in a cafe yeah. you ask your friend to lock up the cafe yeah. like, go <laughs> or, or sit in the cafe and just shoot shoot the scene a bit like John Hughes did with um, Breakfast Club you just yeah. you just you just you know you get, you, you get this location and you write something for the location so so yeah so so all of that will help you will help you and 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 it'll help you just from a learning point of view but also it will help you get noticed there are lots of companies that say they don't read unsolicited scripts or they don't read scripts that um that that without an agent and that's a legal thing that they kind of have to say but the 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 hack the hack for that is if you can pick um say you say you see a series that's that's a really good show and it and it really speaks to you and it's in a genre that you're interested in take a note of the name of the producer or even the director and write them a letter and say listen i've got this um script and then give them a brief log line of what your your script is about. And I think I I, I think you m- might be really interested in this. It's re- it's really up your you know it's really the kind of thing that I want to write. And it's obviously the kind of thing you're really good at making. And I loved all your shows. You know, blah blah. Flash them a bit. And um and um would you be interested in meeting me? And if not, do you have any suggestions as to where else I should send it to? And then that's the way you kind of get the ball rolling on on sort of query mm, letters mm. always make them very polite always make them short um always target them to people that are actually producing the kind of stuff that that you're writing and yeah and and always ask for someone else to to, to, to always ask them to help you a little bit by, by sending it but never never ever send someone a script out of the blue that's that's um, mm. that's that, that, that's a no-no so um, yeah always ask for permission and um and gradually you know, gradually, if you write to enough people, you'll eventually get to someone that that, that goes, "Oh, actually, that sounds like a good idea. Let's um, let's get them in." Or, and the same with and, and the same with agents. I mean, I mean, um, if you check agents' websites, occasionally they they open up their 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 books to to people, and they'll they'll put on the website we are we are now looking at. Um, at um, you know, new new you know, writers that want to be represented by us, but but. Um, but yeah, you you just write them a nice, polite query letter and say, if you can't help me, do you have any suggestions mm. as to as to mm. who can? And just get your name out there. And um, but 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 only I, I, again, I would say only do that when you have one and preferably two really stonkingly good samples to show people that that you you know are pretty bulletproof as as good pieces of writing. Mm. And um, and because then that is what will sell you. Uh, that 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 script is that ultimately as a as a writer so um but, and it, as i say most people give up give up after one or two attempts and so most of your competition will be gone <laughs> after, after well that's true yeah you said that before six yeah. months to a year yeah people give up and i think yeah no it is people i mean people give up because it's because it's hard yeah and you've got to you've got to love the process really don't you don't just do it for the end result you've got to love the the writing process no. and I... well hopefully hopefully yeah if 
you've got to love you, you you've got to you've got to really want to tell this story you think this is a <laughs> this is a great story this is this is the kind of thing i'd love to see at the cinema or on the television i'd, I'd love to and i'd love to hang out with these characters these characters that i'm creating they're 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 brilliant and i love spending time with them i love writing them and i'll, I'll be sad when you know i i I put the end and I can't write those characters anymore. Aww. Yeah. You, so, so, so that's what you've got to fall in love with. And um, if you can, if you can do that, that will get you through the, um, the, the rejections and the, yeah. and the, well, not even the rejections, the, the indifference, the, <laughs> the wall of indifference that you will. And that, and, that, and that everyone, we all, yeah, we all still face it. I mean, I'm sure Peter Morgan doesn't or uh, Michaela Cole doesn't, doesn't mm. anymore, but, but, but generally, the the rest of us uh, still have to punch through that wall of indifference on a on a regular basis, and and yeah, so just keep going. That's that's uh, keep going and um, enjoy it. Getting that yes or that wow, this is great, must just then feel so rewarding because of that. You know that fight to. Oh my god! Yeah. Line, so, yeah, yeah. It's it's like it's like walking on air when you find yeah, 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 yeah. It really yeah. is. Yeah. Yeah, it's worth it. It makes it. It makes it all worth it. It makes it all worth. It. Yeah, it's been a, a real pleasure to learn about this. Thank you so much for your time, um, and you're a fantastic storyteller as a talker as well, not just a writer. <laughs> oh, I don't know about that. I always people always say I talk too fast. I try. I try and slow down, but I get. I, I used to stutter, so um, so I've, oh. I've overcome that. But um, but I'm still. I'm still. Um, I still talk too fast. No, it was wonderful. It really, really did bring it to life. And uh, yeah, I think, I mean, it sounds like the industry in one hand is quite different to when you first came into it, but on the other hand, quite similar. You know, it is still about, you know, the the right attitude, the right script, as you say, uh, working hard, building a good network. Passion and yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And exactly that. Exactly that. And just be, be nice to everybody because people like to work with people who are nice, you know, it's, 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 no matter how talented, I think you have to be really, really talented, really, really talented to get away with behaving like an arsehole. You've got to earn the right. (laughs) And I'm not that talented. And um, and so, so yeah, yeah. So, um, so yeah, so, so yeah, yeah. People, people, if, if you're nice to be, you know, if you, if you're more nice and pleasant and um, you're fun to work with and fun to spend time with, that's a huge asset because people, mm-hmm. p- people will want to have you into their office to talk about your story. It's, um, mm-hmm. it's, a, it, it's a huge part of it, I think. Yeah. Well, thank you. Thank you so much. And uh, especially taking time out on your Sunday to, to speak to me. No, it's a pleasure. It was, uh, it was fun. Thank you. Thank you for asking. That was Paul Alexander. To find out more about him, you can go to his website. I'll put the link in the show notes as well as a summary on his key takeaways. And I'll add links to resources that can help you get started. Thank you so much for listening and see you soon.